Shan Tripp spent several years as a pediatric emergency room nurse and now has moved her family across the big Pacific Ocean to live full-time in Hawaii and homeschool her four kids. Today, she shares with me all of her top tips for keeping your kiddos safe at home after years of taking care of kids who wound up in the ER at Salt Lake's Primary Children's Hospital, along with some really beautiful advice about trusting a mother's intuition and truly enjoying the moments that pass so quickly between mother and child. Okay, today I have a friend calling in from the warm tropical shores of Hawaii, and her name is Shannon Tripp, or she also goes by Shan, and she is a newer internet friend of mine. Say hi, Shan. Hi, you guys. Thank you for having me, Corinne. Thanks so much for being here. And she, I actually found out about Shan through our mutual friend, Kylie Kaywood, who was an ER nurse with you however many years ago, right, at the University of no, not University of Utah at um, Primary Children's. Primary Children's. Yeah, that's right. So she just had the most wonderful things to say about you. And um, I feel like I've learned a lot from just following you on Instagram and seeing all of the heartwarming things that you post and the educational things that you share with moms. So today we're just going to talk about being a confident mom and and being educated and learning some things that, you know, can help you in your motherhood journey. And so I'm really excited about it. And I think that there are so many parents who will listen to this and gain a lot from it. So um, let's just get into how you even got started with all of this. Yeah. So I've been a pediatric ER nurse for over 10 years. And in the beginning, I, I mean, you just learn so much within those walls and your perspective in life and as a mom are completely shifted and you just see the little small things in life become the very biggest. And so I remember just one day telling my husband, like, I need to share more things. And I was not excited to go public on Instagram. I'm very protective of my children. And I just debated it for so long, but I just felt so strongly that I needed to push public and to share with moms how beautiful motherhood is and that it truly is so fragile. I think sometimes we just get so busy in our day-to-day life, just cleaning and running kids from here to there and you know, wiping mouse and cleaning up messes. And we forget really, truly what a gift time is with them. And so I just wanted to share that. And I was overcome with this desire to help other moms learn how to enjoy motherhood. And I know that sounds so silly, but going and taking care of a baby who was just taken from their mom and then going home to my own family and figuring out how to navigate through all of those emotions and feelings. I just wanted to share it. So that's how it all started for me. And then it's turned into something obviously bigger than I had ever planned. And I'm just so grateful for my community now. That is so cool. So um, backing up even before Instagram too, did you always know you wanted to be a pediatric ER nurse? Or is that something that just kind of fell into place? How did you find yourself in that career too? Yeah. So I have always loved kids, but I love, love, love babies. So I actually thought I would be a labor and delivery nurse or a midwife, Mm. but I always knew I wanted to be a nurse. Even from when I was a little girl, I remember looking up into like in the olden days when you could see through the nursery windows and there was a whole bunch of babies lined up. And I remember looking at the girl in the rocking chair 
of a lady in the rocking chair and asking my mom, like, who is that person? Because <laughs> I want to be that person. And I, whoever it is, whatever she does, that's who I want to be when I grow up. And she was like, that's a nurse. And so that honestly, I was probably eight years old and that's where it all started for me. And wow. so I just always knew that I wanted to be a nurse and it's just been the greatest thing ever. But I worked as a I played college basketball in Salt Lake City and I worked as a patient care tech or a CNA in the pediatric hospital and just fell in love taking care of kids. So I just ended up there. And I always have like in my heart of hearts, I I maybe will become a midwife someday or mm-hmm. but right now I'm just so happy and grateful for the experience that I've had being a pediatric ER nurse. So cool. I love hearing that backstory and it's funny that so many of us gravitate toward the thing that we end up doing at a young age. Yeah. So that's cool to hear that story. And you guys have, how many kids do you have now? We have four kids. So we have three girls and then we just got a little boy and we just this last year moved to Hawaii just just because we wanted to. (laughs) Just like sold everything and moved with like eight suitcases, right? Yep, we did. We we don't even have a storage unit. We just sold it all and took our suitcases and came out to a empty house out here. But I'm learning so much from this experience just about, I mean, as soon as you step out of your comfort zone, like great things start to happen. And it has been so eye-opening for me. And this experience has brought our family so, so, so close. And we miss our family so much at home, but it has, I think the experiences we've had together as our own little family unit have just been worth it all. That's so awesome. And it seems like you guys are really happy there. It's really fun to watch, to watch your experiences. Thank you. So I want to talk about some of the topics that you feel most passionate about educating mothers on because you have taught me so much. And it seems like there are some really key things that you feel like every mom should know or that you wish they would know um, because of the things that you've seen in your career. So let's start off with that. Yeah. Well, it's so, I'm so glad you asked this because it's so interesting how, I mean, we've all felt this, right? We have this brand new baby and we take it home from the hospital and we're like, and now what? Like who tells the me? manual? <laughs> yeah. Like who tells me how I'm supposed to take care of this thing? And you mm-hmm. love them so much that it creates so much anxiety and fear. And I think anxiety and fear maybe grow with a child as they get older, you know, mm-hmm. and they, <laughs> they're not so much in our control, but we still feel it from even when they're a brand new baby because nobody's taught us anything. And right. I think the good news in all of this is that a mother's intuition is more powerful than any website, any doctor, any science experiment. Like, and the intuition that we are gifted from God is there for a reason. It's because we are not supposed to have a manual. Every circumstance and situation and relationship and family and child and parent are different. So there's not a manual for everything. But the gap in education that I think a lot of moms are missing is that as far as medical things go and sickness and illness and injury and emergencies, that's what we actually really need to know. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily how to handle a tantrum or how to connect with your child, but how to truly be able to 
help them through sickness and illness and when to recognize when they need to see a doctor, I think is so important and something that we are missing. And so that's kind of what I've started to dedicate my page to is just helping moms keep their babies safe and healthy at home and kind of empowering them to gain confidence in taking care of them because you certainly don't have to be a nurse to do that. And I think that's kind of the missing block that we have in all of this is that you don't have to go to nursing school to know how to take care of your sick kids at home or when to recognize emergencies but we just are missing that education. So that's kind of what I'm most passionate about right now is helping moms and kind of navigate through that fear and anxiety that I'm talking about. Yeah, I love that. I definitely, I mean, I'm always learning things from you and I always need to learn more because it is so scary at first when you're a first time mom and you feel like I have no idea what any of this means. And I, I will (laughs) never forget when Annabelle, my oldest, was a baby and she we were living in Salt Lake and she was playing around on the piano and she somehow kind of like her her knee or her foot or whatever slipped out from under her on the piano bench and she bonked her gums into the piano and just started bleeding everywhere and I was so afraid you know just seeing like gushing blood and I didn't know how serious it was and I was like in my slippers and just like you know, grabbed her and threw her in the car in her car seat and drove her to the ER. And I had Neil meet me there. And of course they came over and just, they were basically like, (laughs) she's fine, fine, (laughs) go home, you know? And so by the third kid, I mean, something similar happened to our third baby, Millie recently where they were playing in the playroom and she bit her lip or something and it was bleeding everywhere. And I kind of checked it out and was like, you're fine. some of the top things that you're like, every mother should know that this is a serious concern. Yeah. So, I mean, if you follow me on social media, you know, my passion for educating moms about choking. And that is mostly because it just, it can happen at any time of the day with any possible food or toy or little, you know, nugget that they by chance get their hands on. And so I think that moms need to know how to help their kids if they are choking. And it is, it continues to be one of the leading causes of death in children under four. But I truly, honestly believe it doesn't have to be. I just don't think moms know how to help. And so I'm just speaking in general. Of course, so many moms know how to help. And now hopefully even more moms now that I've shared it on social media. But I just feel like moms, that is not something that we need. We actually cannot wait for medical providers you need to know how to help your child. And so that is like number one thing, moms need to know how to help their child if they choke and maybe some preventative things like, I mean, I've taken care of two children that have lost their lives from screws. One was playing in a bedroom during quiet time, was supposed to be napping, unscrewed the bed, uh, the screw from the bed frame and got a hold of the screw and started knocking, like pushing on the door Anyway, parents couldn't get it out. And um, this is, yeah, it's, I I can't really say much more than that, but he lost his life from that. And another screw years ago, a carrot marshmallows are really dangerous for kids, um, especially Mm -hmm. big marshmallows. 
uh, any I wouldn't sort even of... think of marshmallows. That's yeah. never crossed my mind, but that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And like you, well, like we were saying, like tacks, anything with a pointy, sharp edge that makes it difficult to dislodge from their airway. Because yeah. if, if you truly, truly know how to do correct back blows or correct abdominal thrusts, 99% of the time, a mom will get that object out. We, our bodies are magnificent and just by a little bit of help, we can get that object out. So know that because some moms are just like, you know, suffocated by this fear of their children choking. But I just want you to feel so confident and empowered that if you truly know what to do, you can help them and save their life. Like it happens every day. Mom's telling me, I did, you know, I used it. I did it and my kid's totally fine. Two black bows and it was out. You know, that's generally the case. And you have those saved like on your Instagram highlights, I believe, right? How like yep. some yep. tutorials, I like video tutorials on exactly what it should look like. Yep. It's on my Instagram highlights and I also have it on my YouTube channel, which are kind of my more polished ones. So either okay. way you get the same information, but honestly, what sparked it is my own son choked about a year ago, this last November. Mm-hmm. Um, he was 10 months old and we were at a restaurant and I was, I put him in his little car seat carrier on the floor, so went to say bye to the people that we were with on the other side. And my three-year-old got one of those restaurant peppermint candies mm-hmm. and she took a bite, but she took the really small bite at like a corner of it and gave him the rest of it. And so my other child came over and pulled on my shirt and was like, mom, Jack's choking. And I go around the table and he's just blue. He's, there's no, there's no air going in and out. My husband hurry and grabbed it looked in his mouth, like he, it was obviously lodged back in his throat. Mm-hmm. And I grabbed him up from his car seat and I just did what I knew how to do as a pediatric ER nurse. And it probably took like 20 back blows. It was oh my so gosh, long and it was so terrifying, but it came out and it shot across the floor and he went limp on my body. And of course, like I just started crying and immediately thought, what if a mom did not know what to do? Yeah. Like I could have just lost my son. And so I went home that night and I recorded these random videos with this doll, just, just hoping that some moms would see this so that Mm -hmm. if they were in that situation, they would know what to do. And then it just kind of like, obviously it was shared a lot. And I just noticed how much moms are in need of education like this, simple education that can help them save their baby's life. Yeah, that's terrifying. So I do have one clarifying question. So you said your husband looked in his mouth. Is it better to do that and maybe do like a finger sweep? Is that what you call it first? That's actually what happened is your instinct is you're wanting to put your finger in there and see if you Mm -hmm. can get it out. But what my husband did and to know not like his, not to, no fault, but he did do that. He put his finger in there and he tried to get it out and he pushed it back even farther. Oh, and okay. so finger swiping is not what you are supposed to do at all. Okay. You're supposed to seriously, just you're supposed to if identify if they're choking because there's a difference between gagging and like kind of coughing, choking, because you have this little you have, it's called the epiglottis and it's in the back of your throat and it's at the top of your trachea, which is where you breathe, which is where the air comes up and down. But then behind that is your esophagus and that's where the food should go. But if a kid's running around and playing or if the object's too big, it can get lodged. That epiglottis kind of acts like a lid to, the, to your airway. 
And so if they're running around and playing or they're, the object's too big, it can kind of close that off and the lid doesn't shut fast enough, which is why it's huge not to let kids run around while they're eating. They need yeah. to be sitting down and um, avoid those really big, sticky, hard, pointy objects because they're really difficult to get out once that lid has shut. Mm. So um, my husband did and he, you know, bless his heart, he had no idea. And so he just reaches in, he felt it with the back of his finger. And I think that's when it really got scary and difficult to get out. And so do not finger swipe. (laughs) Yeah. But that is your instinct. That's like the first thing you go to. Totally. But identify if they're truly choking. And by that, I mean, are they able to breathe? Because sometimes kids will, (laughs) and they have like air going in and out. If that's Mm -hmm. the case, just leave them alone. But if they truly aren't getting air in and out and their face is turning colors or they looked panic, they need your help and they need your help fast. And the faster you help them, the better chance they have to get it out. So super important stuff. But honestly, I just want everybody listening to this to know that it's not as scary as it seems if you know what you're doing, just like everything else. Yeah. So everyone should watch the video now that we'll put in the show notes that shows exactly how to do those back blows. Is that um, an age thing? Like the back blow is for a certain age. And then when do you move to like the Heimlich? Yeah. So they'll do back blows for anybody under 12 months old. And then over 12 months old, you'll do the Heimlich. But um, if you have a small, like my son right now is almost two Mm -hmm. and I would still do the back blows on him first. Back blows are incredibly effective. So if they're small enough to put over your leg and do five back blows, generally that can get the object out. Just five firm back blows between their shoulder blades. And you're putting, like you guys can watch my videos, but it's not like pats on the back. It's like, it's like firm individual back blows that are helping get the air kind of push the object out. Okay. Yeah, that's really helpful. So you mentioned for just briefly, you said, just like we talked about the thumbtacks, and I wanted to explain what that was because we talked about it offline before we started recording that I read recently some article, and I don't remember where I saw it, but someone had posted that an ER doctor said that the most unexpected thing that he had seen taking the lives of children were thumbtacks, like when they swallowed a thumbtack or they got a thumbtack in the back of their throat, um, yeah. which that that day I was like, no more thumbtacks. <laughs> I threw them all in the garbage and just used tape on our bulletin board because we have, I mean, it's different if you have like a 12, 14 and 16 year old in your house, but I, you know, we have a baby and we'll have another one on the way. And I just was like, I, we can't have those in our house right now. Um, and I remember Kylie telling me that balloons were one of the most unexpected things because if a kid inhales a balloon and then it kind of like seals in the back of their throat, it's hard to get it out. Right. Yep. Totally. You can, you can kind of think of those things. Like, like I said, the marshmallow and the balloon and things that if they got stuck in anything, they would be Mm -hmm. hard to get out. But that's, that's part of, you know, you saying, well, I just got rid of the thumbtack. So that's just one extra thing you can do to help relieve some anxiety, you know, instead of just like the unknown, I feel like the unknown is what creates so much anxiety and fear in so many moms is because you just don't know. And then you're like, oh my gosh, a screw thumbtacks, mm-hmm. you know, yes. marshmallows, balloons, like <laughs> hot dogs are a really big one. You, you just, you just think of all these things and you're like, okay, so if they eat a marshmallow, I'm going to give them the mini ones and I'm going to sit next to them, you know, and yeah. you don't have to, paranoia. I am not a paranoid parent. In fact, I am so passionate about 
letting my kids live and like just have so much fun and jump on trampolines and ride bikes. They just jump on trampolines with a net on it and they just yeah. ride bikes with a helmet, you know? So living in fear of bad things happening, I would rather live a short life that is just fulfill, like just so much fun and we just enjoy it than a long life of worry and anxiety and fear and paranoia. Yeah. That makes a ton of sense. Okay. So as far as things though, that you feel, are there any other things that you feel like, gosh, I wish parents would know that this is kind of a hazard. Be careful with this. Are there any other things that you feel like are very common household items? Yeah. So, um, I actually just made a small list of this that I'm going to share later, but a few of them are, uh, medicine cabinets and Mm. cleaning, like make sure your medicine cabinets are locked up. Never. I I just saw on Instagram, this very big blogger. I can't even remember who it was, honestly, but I, I saw her put, um, Cheerios in a, in a medicine, uh, uh, what's it called? Oh, uh, yikes. Like a, like like a, a little bottle. A medicine bottle. One mm-hmm. of those like orange ones. And she's like, this is my son's favorite toy on the plane. And so she put Cheerios in it and she's like, he can just like, I'm like, oh my gosh, no, no, no. Like, don't do that because you just don't confuse want- you. Yeah, yeah, it confuses so con- them. Yeah. So then he's like, oh yeah, like I play with that. And then I'm going to go get Cheerios or people will say like, here's some candy trying to get their kids to take medicine. Yes. And I'm like, no, 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 it's medicine <laughs> because, oh, you guys, such bad things have happened when p- kids just get into medicine. And so if you have any medicine, no matter what type of medicine, even Tylenol and ibuprofen, make sure that it's locked up and it's up high and completely out of reach. And your cleaners under your sink or wherever you keep your cleaners, if you have strong cleaners, make sure that they are locked up. Essential oils, make sure they're locked up. All of this stuff um, can turn bad. And then car seats are a huge one. Keep your child rear-facing as long as you can. Definitely yeah. over, definitely until two years old, but even till three, if they can handle it. Um, height, like obviously every car seat's different um, and every kid's length is different. But if, as long as your child can be in a rear facing car seat, the safer. I remember taking care of twins who one hated to be rear facing. So she was turned frontwards and then the other was turned backwards. And it was a completely different ending to their story when they got in a car crash. So um, that's a huge one. Obviously knowing choking prevention, that's another really big one. Mm -hmm. Windows, uh, high second story windows, making sure that the windows are locked or shut and your kids are never playing upstairs unattended. Terrible things have happened from second story, kids falling out of second story windows that are open cords. I could go on and on yeah. like blinds, cords that can get wrapped around their neck. These are people, these are things that, you know, you just maybe don't think about. Yeah. Those are all good things to be thinking about and just, you know, take a walk through your house and see what, yeah. what things you can maybe just make a little bit safer. I have a clarifying question on car seats because sure. I'm always paranoid about, we're big on car seat safety and my seven-year-old still sits in a booster and, um, yeah. I'm always wondering how big of a deal it is with like the straps being tighter because um, I learned way, like I think it was at our like infant class when I had, or when I was pregnant with Annabelle, that you shouldn't be able to pinch the straps of the car seat, that if if you can pinch them like, and you know, 
between your fingers, then it's, yeah. yeah, then it's too loose and it's not going to help them. What, I mean, how, yeah. what's your advice there? Yeah. So the chest clip should be, um, so if the baby's or child is rear facing, then the strap should be at or below their shoulder line and the chest clip should be right over their chest, kind of in line with their armpits. Mm -hmm. And yes, if you're able to pinch up their straps on the side and like lift them up off their chest and put your hand under it, you guys can picture that. That's, you should not really be able to even, I mean, they've kind of went away from the pinching and they've kind of, uh, went towards like putting your hand under and, and feeling like how much movement you have under there, but you should just barely be able to sneak your hand underneath them. You shouldn't be able to pinch them and pull them off of their body really hardly at all. They should be pretty tight, not tight, like making dents into their, you should be, (laughs) you should be able to put your hand underneath them. Okay. That's about it. You shouldn't be able to lift up once your hands underneath them. Okay. Good to know. That's great clarification. Yeah. So on the topic of anxiety and you want moms to feel empowered and not anxious or afraid, what's your advice with that? As far as a mom that feels like, oh my gosh, there's at any moment, my kid could you know, I, cause you just can't keep your eyes on your children every single second of every right. single day, especially if there's more right. than one. Right. And oh my gosh, I have learned, like if I have learned anything, it is that we truly cannot control everything. So we have right. to let that go. If you try to control everything as a mom, you're going to make yourself crazy. You're not going to enjoy the, like we just, it's just so there's so much to enjoy. And if we're trying to control it all, it just becomes very, very difficult for us. And so I have seen the craziest things happen from the very best parents. And I believe that there, there is, there really are just children whose work here is done. And then they, they, they're needed somewhere else. And I Mm -hmm. think that understanding like I'm so grateful for my perspective and my faith because it allows me to understand a bigger picture and realize that this life is just a little blink of time. And sometimes babies or kids or whoever, they, they're not needed here anymore. They're needed somewhere else. And so having that perspective definitely can help my, I mean, it is what controls, manages my anxiety. But going back, like stepping back from all of that and just thinking, okay, I'm waking up today and I have these kids to take care of. Like, how do I just truly enjoy it and not worry so much? Well, I am a huge believer in in staying in a very realistic and accurate frame of mind. Now, when you have seen something happen and there's so much going on on social media right now with bad things happening to kids and when you when you see this, sometimes it can create these like false stories in your head. And we think of one thing and then we go to another thing and we go to another thing. And we've created these huge stories of terrible things happening to our children, but like they're sitting next to us playing a game and they're totally fine. And we're like, Oh my gosh, you know, we just, we just like can't help, but let our minds go there. So right. if you ever feel like your mind's going into one of those darker places, just take a deep breath and bring it back to reality and stay in your present. Like feel where you're, I mean, we can get into meditation. I'm not very great at it, but like (laughs) it allows us to be completely present with where we are. And I think being present with your children and being um, able to just fully be in whatever space you're in 
is so healthy for us and avoiding anxiety of other things happening because we're always keeping our thoughts very accurate and realistic. Not even, sometimes it's like, oh, just think positive, you know, just think positive. But it's, I think it's more than that. It's thinking very accurate and realistic mm-hmm. then. And, and that goes along with, sure, bad things do happen and they happen all the time. But if I'm prepared, I know I can't control it, but I can prepare for it. And hopefully that eases a lot of the burden, you know, and anxiety that we deal with. Right. That is awesome advice and advice that I wish I would have had as a newer mom, because I remember feeling a lot of, and for me, a lot of it was a mixture of postpartum anxiety and postpartum depression where you just feel like, oh my gosh, this is a whole new world. It's a whole new phase of life. I have no idea what I'm doing. And, and I would worry all the time about things going wrong. Or I just remember too, feeling so much anxiety about my baby, like dying from SIDS and just being so nervous every time I would put her to bed and then leave the room and feel like I needed to check on her a hundred times. And that has, you know, that has eased a lot with having three kids now and, and just feeling like, Hey, things are going to be okay. But I think that what's your advice for like the first time mom? Because don't you feel like as a first time mom, you just, at least for me, gosh, I just remember feeling so overwhelmed. Yeah. Well, I, funny you should ask because I have spent this whole last six months just creating this course for especially first time moms, but really like any mom, a child of any age to help them understand these things. So if we know that SIDS usually doesn't happen if your child is laying on their back with mm-hmm. a thin blanket swaddled, they don't have any bumpers or toys or you know stuffed animals, like you're doing the very best that you can. And, and, that is, and that is what you need to do. If you know when your child falls and hits their head that as long as they didn't do this, this, or this, generally they're fine and you can take a deep breath and watch them at home. If you know that your child has a seizure and seizures are not doing anything dangerous to their brain and you just know exactly how to turn them over and at what point at the two minute mark you need to call an ambulance, you know, but if it's less than two minutes, like no problem, let them have their seizure call the doctor. If we know these things as moms, then it's like, oh, like I actually know what I'm doing, you know? Because I didn't really, I didn't fully deal with that, like deep anxiety as a new mom. And I think it is because I was prepared as a nurse. So I just knew that I was doing the very, very, very best I could for my kids. And if anything happened, it wasn't because of something that I did. And we can live with that. So I've created this course for any new mom, any mom of really any child to help them gain confidence in caring for their sick kids at home and handling illness and, and injuries and recognizing emergencies. And I pray that it saves a whole bunch of lives and that it can help moms just feel super confident in themselves to take care of these kind of things. And I'm so excited about it. That's so awesome. So when do you anticipate this course coming out? It's coming out soon, right? Yeah. So the launch date is February 19th. And I have been (laughs) like, I'm just so excited because there's not enough space and time on Instagram. I mean, I give out free education all the time and I will continue to do that, but there's just not enough 
time and space for me to do that as a mom. I mean, I'm home homeschooling my children and I don't have the time to educate moms. So I've just dedicated this for moms to, it's like mastering all of this. We take 15 of the most common sicknesses, injuries, and kind of, I tell you exactly like, here's the red flags. This is what you need to look for. If your child is doing this, they need to be seen. But Mm -hmm. if they're not, and they're doing more of this sort of thing, maybe you could watch them at home. And here's some things that I do at home to help with fevers or vomiting or, you know, whatever it is. And so I'm so excited about it, Corinne. I have been, it's just been like, I've poured my heart and soul into this. So I hope it blesses a whole bunch of moms. I'm, I am sure it will. And I'm really looking forward to it too. I need that as well. So that will be awesome. And we'll, um, we'll have, I mean, if people just are following you on Instagram, then I'm sure you'll have all that sign up information there. So we'll make sure all that is in our show notes. You know, I think this course is going to help so many moms and I don't know if you cover this, but this was an interesting experience for our family that my daughter, Annabelle had an emergency appendectomy just a couple months ago. And so many moms messaged me after and said, how did you know? How did you know? And I was like, I, we didn't know. We just, it kind of was just one thing that led to another where she woke up and said she had a bad tummy ache. And I was like, okay, you know, lay in bed and you'll just stay home from school today. And that was kind of it. And then the end of the day, her fever spiked to 104. And that's when we said, let's get her to the ER right now. But I, there are so many things that I'm just like, I have no idea what <laughs> is or isn't an emergency. And that kind of just happened to play out the way that it did. And, um, you know, luckily we got her in, it was a partial rupture, I guess. So by the time we had a doctor that looked at her and then they did a CT scan and she had amazing medical care, but, um, but yeah, that was one of those things that so many moms messaged me after saying, what, how did you know? And I just, I didn't, you know, it was just a, like you said, at the very beginning, kind of an intuition thing, but also just kind of it played out that way. Yeah. So I'm excited for this to be a tool to just help me understand a lot of things that probably you wouldn't know unless you were educated in the medical field. So, yeah, well, and that's, what's so great is that they're like, yeah, our intuition and our mom gut. I mean, I can't even count how many times I've checked in a mom and she's like, I don't even know. I just know something's wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, I don't even know. I, I, you Google and you, you just got to stay away from Google, you guys. And that's the other thing is there's, it's so hard to navigate through Google because there's not credible sites and everything you Google, your kid's going to die and something's yeah. an emergency. And that, that's not fair at 3am. We need to be more prepared than that. But there are, that's the good news is that like, yeah, sure. Your mom instinct and gut kicks in, but I do give definite tactical tools to say, this is actually exactly what an appendicitis usually looks like and clinically can be diagnosed um, just by an assessment. It generally doesn't even need blood work or CT scan because it is so you can usually just pick up on it with how they're acting. And so I'm going to teach you how to look at that at home, you know, and how to recognize those things. So hopefully moms will walk away from my course really, really empowered. Well, and another thing I was going to say earlier is that when you were saying, I just can't do it all on Instagram. The other thing, even if you did do it all on Instagram, people are going to miss 
certain posts or people are going to start following you later on and they have missed maybe your choking videos from a little more than a year ago or, you know, it's just like, that's kind of the bad thing about Instagram is that things only live for a couple of days and then there's new content all of the time. So if you put all that really important stuff into one place that people can access it, then they can learn all of the things that they really need to know yeah. in one place where it's not going to get lost. So I love that you're doing that. Well, and I cannot give medical advice through Instagram because I sense. have a license. And so I can't, I can't discuss cases with moms and I can't really help them over my direct messages because I can't do that because I hold a license as much mm-hmm. as I would love to do that. And so even sometimes on Instagram, it does get tricky because I share something and then I get a whole bunch of messages about, well, like, yeah, my daughter has a fever right now. What do you think about this? And I just can't oh do gosh. that. And so, yeah. and so that's another reason why I created this is like, here's all the information and, and it's given in a way that it's not medical advice. It's simply education. And so hopefully that's, you know, I have to kind of protect myself too. Right. But that's so smart because then you're empowering a mom to know for herself. Yeah. You know, what's, yeah. What's scary or what's not or what's important or what's not. Yeah. So, I mean, it's all important, but just like yes. the example I brought up at the very beginning of Annabelle, you know, barely cutting yeah. her gum on exactly. the piano. Like I and, promise to save you an ER visit with this course. I yeah. promise. And then the second time, or, you know, when it happened to Millie recently and I just was like, you bit your lip, you'll be okay. And she was, I mean, she bled for (laughs) 15 minutes and then she was fine. She was back on her feet running around. Yep. So anyway, um, I would love to have you tell me also just maybe if you have a story that was, that impacted you, that helped you to change your perspective or something that you would love to pass along to moms, um, that has, affected you in motherhood that, you know, would help us to understand why, I I don't even know how to put it into words, that life is precious and to, you know, something meaningful that you've learned in your career. Well, I'll tell you what, I have seen a lot of things that I wouldn't wish upon anyone to see. But at the very same time, I would love every mother to see another mother lose their child because it just shifts everything. And it brings you right back to exactly where you are and exactly what you have. Now, I remember watching this one mom who brought her child in alive, handed her to me in my arms, and we did everything we could medically to save her. And it just didn't happen. She she ended up passing and um, I was her nurse the entire day. And I remember watching that mom hold her and she just literally went from her head to her toes, just breathing in every little part of her body. And, you know, her, her hair, just stroking her hair and, and touching her eyelashes and her, I mean, just, just looking at every little part of her and you could tell she was just like, breathing her in. And oh, I have chills thinking about it because I just remember going home that night and just wanting so bad to do the same thing to my children and just going in their bed and just watching their chests go up and down and feeling their heart beat on my hand and just being so grateful for their breaths and for their warm skin and those little teeny tiny things that are just 
the very biggest, but I think we, I'm just getting emotional. Think about it because I think we get distracted. You know, I think we get distracted. Like what a gift those little bodies are to us. And so that mom just touched me to the core that day because I, I just, yeah, like stopping and breathing in your children's breasts are, is just one of the most beautiful things that I've found in motherhood. Well, I'm crying too, because that is so, such a beautiful thought. And, you know, on the, I mean, not even 24 hours ago, I was just losing it with Annabelle because she had wet nail polish on her hands and was running around the house, like (laughs) touching the furniture, touching everything. I was like, what are you doing? And, you know, listening to this is like, gosh, nail polish on anything does not matter. You know, our kids are just, they're, they're only little for so long and they're just our, they're ours and they're, I don't know, that's, I'm not even making any sense, but that was a beautiful well, perspective, really. And well, yeah. And there was a, I mean, there was the 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 um, cute mom on Instagram who just lost her son, and in her last caption, she said something like, "the the cleaning, the dishes, the something something, they just don't matter." And I think it's just, I mean, sure they do to a point. You know, we all want our houses to be decent, but I think at the end of the day, make sure that you've connected with your kids at the by the end of the day, yeah. make sure that you, they know how much you love them and give yourself grace because we are not perfect parents. And if somebody right now is listening and they're like, Oh my gosh, I just yelled at them. Or I just got, you know, I just like, that's okay. That's why they are given so much forgiveness is because heavenly father knew we were going to mess up again and again and again. And as long as we love them with all that we've got and we do our best, then it's always going to be enough. Those are such beautiful words. And gosh, I just can't get that imagery out of my head of that mom. Just like, you yeah. know, enjoying every little bit of her, of her baby. So um, yeah. I just so appreciate you sharing that perspective and sharing all of this just wonderful knowledge and advice and education with all of us. So um, thank oh, you. Thank this was you. such a gift. Where can people find you if they want to follow along? They want to learn more from you. They want to take your course. Yeah. So, so my Instagram is Shan Trip S H A N T R I P P, and there I'll of course have all of the course information. My website is shantrip.com. So I guess the same thing, just shantrip.com. And um, I will link, yeah, I'll link everything. I'll make sure everybody knows how to get it because I want this. I made it super affordable. So I want it to go to as many moms as it possibly can. So awesome. Well, thanks so much, Shan, for your time today and for these beautiful messages. There were more than one that I will be thinking about for a long time, but especially that last one. Oh, you're so sweet. I'm going to tuck my kids in just a little differently tonight. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Mint Arrow Messages. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Mint Arrow. Subscribe to our Apple Podcasts and rate and review us if you like us. And to get show notes, go to mintarrow.com slash podcast. And you can even sign up to get show notes emailed right to your inbox. And we'll email you every time there's a new episode.